Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Off the Page. I'm Kina. And I'm Sarah. And in honor of Asian Pacific American Heritage Month, this week we read Crazy Rich Asians by Kevin Kwan. So Crazy Rich Asians is centered around the relationship of Chinese-American economics professor Rachel Chu and fellow NYU professor Nicholas Young. When Rachel agrees to go to Singapore with Nick for the summer, she soon finds out that his family lives in a palace and is richer than ever imaginable. Crazy rich. She's quickly thrust into a world of dynastic splendor, complex family dynamics, parental expectations, and more. So to start off, I want to talk a little bit about family because it is a huge part of the book. Um, We get the perspectives of so many of the characters and obviously family plays a huge role in both Rachel and Nick's lives. So I would guess like which family's dynamic or family culture do you identify more with? Yeah, I feel like an interesting part of this book was kind of bringing up they're all Asian, but it's kind of different being like an American born Chinese compared to like having been raised in Asia. Um, I've definitely resonated a little bit more with Rachel's family. I think like me and my mom have a very similar relationship. We're very close friends. Um, And being in the United States, most of my extended, all of my extended family, except maybe like, except my uncle, one uncle, um, all the rest of my family is in China. So I feel like that's something that's, I mean, Rachel has a extended family, but it's different. Like they meet up for holidays, whereas Nick's family kind of is constantly surrounding each other. They're constantly talking to each other. It's very, a lot, and a lot of things in the family, it's very interconnected. It's just a large scale. So I felt definitely a little bit more relatable with that. And I think too, just kind of the relationship between Rachel and her mom. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I agree. Like, I feel like in Nick's family, everyone's super involved and active in each other's lives almost like to an unhealthy point um and it can seem nice sometimes at like big family gatherings like that's sweet but um at least for my family like it's more like we're just only really close with our direct nuclear family and then for um a lot of my relatives are in china or like a different state or country um so we don't see them that often but when we do, it's just like it's a, it's more of like a joyous, rare, celebratory occasion. Um, but I definitely related to Rachel in that she and her mom were really close and had like a good relationship, which I know like is not the case for all Asian Americans or like Chinese Americans, um, like second generation and stuff. Like I know a lot of people who are like Asian American and aren't very close with their parents or like aren't um very affectionate or anything they don't know how to like express emotions so I'm pretty grateful for that um and the other big thing is that I feel like Nick's family they have a lot of expectations for him and what his future should look like and how his role is to kind of like service the family through his like through what he chooses to do with his life um and my parents have always been very open to like what choices I want to make in life and like pretty respectful of that. So I think in that sense, it's, it's like very different. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that's something that is kind of brought up in the book too. It's very, like we see it as, especially as a positive being, you know, raised and born in America. It's very American for like Rachel's family to want, Rachel's mom to want Rachel to do what she wants, like to get education, be very independent. And there's a huge emphasis more on like the individual and focusing on getting her degree and, you know, her job and like marriage is kind of more of a side additional part of her life whereas Mm -hmm. in Asia it definitely is more of like a collective mentality like I had this conversation all the time my family members when I go visit China like it's very much everyone is more interconnected and it's like a group orient it's not ever about what someone's individual wants are it's more like what's the best for everyone and we definitely see that like negatively affect Nick but also just like I say to an extent, everyone in that large family, because they have all these different pressures to kind of maintain what's best to keep order for what they think the group wants. Um, yeah, I don't know. How, how do you feel like that expectation changes a lot of the characters? Yeah, I feel like it makes everyone in Nick's family, for example, like tiptoe around each other or like almost it's to the point where it's like they don't feel comfortable being themselves or like being relaxed around each other um because they're always kind of like competitive or like have the pressure of like all family eyes on you kind of thing um and I feel like obviously we see that with Astrid and how she handles like her husband cheating on her or like when she thought that her husband was cheating on her um and how she's like oh I just like don't want to make a scene I should just like not say anything like keep quiet about it for now like oh, this is, like, a normal thing in wealthy families for affairs to happen, so I just have to deal with it um, and just manage um, because she just doesn't want to be shamed as, like, this divorcee or whatever, like, who doesn't want to be seen as, like, the woman whose, like, poor husband, like, cheated on her or whatever, like, she's worried about how her family's going to view things, and so she can't just live her life or handle things, like, she probably would have otherwise um and also with I think it was Eddie's family Mm -hmm. um and the way he is like so hyper aware of how he's being perceived by everyone all the time yeah even when it's just a family gathering and he like is so adamant on the fact that they all dress well and look good and are like showing off their wealth or something um all of those things are heightened because of the family expectations. Yeah, for sure. No, I completely agree. Um, um, no, you go. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I do think their Nick's family kind of has a lot of flaws, but they also do have some positives within those flaws. Like, I think Nick and Astrid's relationship is very good. I just want to see if you had any other thoughts on, like, the positives of that family dynamic because I agree like it's kind of toxic to live your entire life thinking oh how is this going to affect my family what are the repercussions of this it's very much focused not on yourself and more on a larger group which is difficult to sustain um so do you think there are any other positives in that family right now I mean besides Nick and Astrid or even if just Nick and Astrid yeah I mean I guess like the biggest positive is that everyone's very like protective of each other although like 
again we see like there's a negative side to that of being overproductive um and like we saw that in Eleanor when she like hired the private investigator and tried to do all this stuff but it's like in the end she is like looking out for her son and for their family um I don't know I'm like trying to think about like how I would see this family differently if they weren't rich and had these like same kind of dynamics and values and I'm trying to see like what positives they would hold like outside of their how they use their wealth for example yeah um the one thing I always think about is like when Eleanor talks about sacrifice how she sent Nick away to live with her mother-in-law like at a young age um and I'm not too sure if that's a positive but I know in her mind that was like a big like sacrifice in order to secure Nick more favoritism in the future right so I do feel like it's interesting and it's different but the emphasis is more on like loyalty and sacrifice and kind of the idea of what's better for in relation to like the family dynamic which is I agree like something that's very odd to comprehend yeah um I thought it was interesting too how like there's this like big emphasis on old money versus new money and how like because they're that family is old money they choose to try to stay really private and out of the limelight and like made it a big point that they weren't in any media growing up or anything um didn't have any like any paparazzi were paid off all of that stuff versus in the movies they kind of like skipped that part um so it's interesting to read about in the book um and how they value privacy so I guess like I kind of liked that about them because it was like their families protecting their like kids or whoever from like I guess the public eye and like the judgment that comes from that um but again that's not not like a normal problem to Mm -hmm. have to deal with in the first place is the thing yeah for sure and that's definitely I think that's a really interesting parallel they have like in the entire book like in general about like the social like standing in the class and like the differences between um I was her name Kikling um her family and Mm -hmm. um like the Youngs and Astrid's family the difference they're very clear to always distinct new money like new Beijing money versus old money um yeah I think that's really fascinating yeah how do you think like I guess how do you think that affects characters differently because I do think like some characters let that like warp their actions a little bit more than others um yeah like what influence do you think that kind of social class standing has had on the characters the characters yeah, I mean, it definitely shows in the book when, um, like, all of the people in Nick's family, for example, like, I don't remember the names of the different families. Like, there's three. Yeah, Astrid's is Leong's, right? And then it's Nick Young. And then I think it's, like, a sh- another one. Like, with an S-H. Shang, I think it's Shang. Shang, yeah. 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 Um, no, but okay, like, so obviously the Youngs are very private, and I think the Leongs are too. Yeah. Right? Like, Astrid um, was not photographed. 
right and like it also you can see in um like how they dress for example at events or how like it's clear that they're not trying so hard there was like a specific quote in the book about it where they were saying like it was so nice because everyone here like they weren't wearing their like biggest brand name designers and stuff they weren't put like dripping themselves in jewels to show that they had the money to afford them it's like it wasn't it didn't feel like a competition because everyone knows that we're super rich anyway like I thought that was really interesting um and it's like an interesting distinction between old and new money because like I don't know like you can kind of tell at school for example like a lot of the international students they're probably more like newer money based on like what I've my understanding of it because they wear a lot like they do enjoy a lot of brand names and clothes where it's like it has like the words Dior all over or Chanel or um what is that one Supreme (laughs) (laughs) um versus for example like Astrid she just wears like a really simple dress but it's actually really expensive and you don't you don't immediately like register that or realize yeah because it doesn't have like the brand name all over or something no that's true it's definitely way more just kind of chic and about like her own style I, I what I liked about Astrid always was her wedding dress thing how she just had that one dress she wore to every wedding like one every like big event so she didn't show up yeah like she didn't she didn't buy a new thing for every single event yeah and it was like a really random I, I mean wait I think this might be from the this might be from the movie but I, I feel like it was also from the book where basically she was saying that she did that because like one time she wore a, a dress to the wedding and someone like photographers took more interest in her than like the actual bride and so mm-hmm. I feel like that's like a very I mean, obviously, these people aren't actually down to earth, but, like, it's within the realm of what they're used to. It's pretty genuine, you know? Yeah, it's, like, consistent. Yeah. Um, And it's funny that you say that because then, like, on the flip side, Araminta was, like, so Exactly. Every time she saw Astrid and, like, she wasn't. I know. It was so funny. Like, super, really fashionable. Yeah. Because she was, like, she's, like, what the hell? Like. I put all this effort into throwing this amazing wedding and you're not even like bothering to get a new outfit. It was so funny. Colin was like, why does this matter? And then Armin. Yeah, it's her wedding. She's looking for some random girl. Yeah, Armin was like, what's the point of having a wedding if she's not going to wear something new? And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Laura's so funny. Um, Yeah. And I think that kind of leads to like the perception probably is I don't know if it's I don't know if it's rightful, but the perception I think is that like people who in this world have old money or like have a little bit more class, um, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I think like the thing I think about also is like Eddie. I feel like Eddie kind of comes from old money, but he's very like. I think he has new money friends. Yeah, he has new like money that, friends, and so he's like like him and Alistair. Right? Yeah, because Alistair, no, his friend is, like, a random friend from, like, a Beijing, like, a mainland China banker. Um, mm. And, like, his friend's the one who always gets, like, new things, like, private jets. And mm-hmm. their family is, like, very against, like, flying private or, like, they live, like, it's Alistair's parents. Eddie and Alistair are related, but their parents, like, live in the same old house that they were, like, that their kids grew up in. 
And I think I really like that in ego and the yeah. way that they fit into the wealth. I think there's a quote about this basically like saying that it's really like Asian mentality to be frugal. So a lot and like not be super like excessive in spending. And so I like that that's still clear even in like the most wealthiest of Asians. Um, because mm-hmm. yeah, like the, like even when Nick's mom in the first scene in the, in the or Nick's aunt in the first scene in the book, they wouldn't take a cab to the hotel from the airport. Like I feel like small things like that. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's like I think that 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 puts into words like the main difference. I feel like between old money and new money because like I feel like old money people still have a lot of like traditional value like Chinese values yeah. um, of being frugal of being very considerate and respectful of others all of that kind of stuff whereas new money it's a lot more about like showing off it seems like for sure yeah so it's really it's interesting um, and I do think Nick and Astrid have like done the best at not letting it go to their head. At the same time, Astrid spends like astronomical amounts of money on clothing. And Nick is like, so Nick, honestly, his character annoyed me because he's so like, it's like, he's so, I guess, perfect. But then like, and every time he makes a mistake, it's like, Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I didn't realize. Like that. Oh, like I'm just yeah. oblivious. It's like oblivious to the point where it's like you're kidding mm-hmm. me. Like, and I like how in the books at least he had that realization and like owned up to it. I was in. I remember I was always so annoyed about how in the movie it's like, it's like he doesn't he doesn't get the crap that he deserves. Yeah. <laughs> like literally, they they've been dating for two years and. Constance Wu is like, oh, so you're, like, rich, aren't you? He's like, oh, we're comfortable. She's like, that's what a really rich person would say. And then she's just like, oh, I just, like, wish you told me about this so I knew what I was getting into. And, like, that's the end of it. Yeah. Like, it's like, if I, like, didn't, at, at two years, like, if I didn't know enough about your family and, like, where you come from and stuff, like, and you so clearly like downplayed it that much to me like I'd be really I feel like annoyed yeah I would be like annoyed but I'd be furious if it's fine if like I feel like I understand where his like inner turmoil was he didn't want that to be a key factor something to change yeah just because like all his relationships in the past were influenced by wealth which I found interesting like even Mm -hmm. his best friend Colin like his grandparents differently yeah and they like picked him up and then they became like so nice when they realized who he was so I get why he didn't want that to be part of their relationship, like, foundation. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I think bringing... Hello? Here's what you're going to see. He should have definitely prepped her way more for, like, what she was facing. Okay, yes. I only heard the tail end of that because I think it, like, broke for a second. Basically, I just said he should have, like, he should have just explained, like, yeah, like, this is my family, like, here's my side of the family, I don't condone their behavior, but you're get this, like, Mm -hmm. and people were awful to her, so I feel like that he should have definitely explained it more. Yeah, and I hate that in the books she did not 
she held back and like didn't tell him about about that stuff for the longest time um like she didn't tell him about what happened at the bachelorette party with the fish and she didn't tell him like all of the like little comments people were making and stuff like that until like literally almost the end of things and then like that's what kind of opened his eyes like I don't know if this is like like an issue that's really common with women or like what but like how she was like oh I just like don't want to worry him like because I feel like men a lot of times like feel very comfortable letting us um carry the emotional labor you know of like the relationship and like basically be the therapist but then like women in relationships they're like always like trying to like make themselves smaller and be like oh like it's not a big deal like same thing with astrid like it's like oh like should like keep it to myself like be quiet about it because i don't want to like make a whole yeah fuss out of it or like worry no i agree i mean i think the fish incident specifically that was like she i feel like a lot of situations she was put in she like tried to play their game by like their high stand like high society's singapore rules but that's like not who she is mm-hmm. i agree i think like yeah michael was also put in a very similar situation and he did like hold it in for a while too but definitely you see like before even like their relationship starts crumbling like you can see him like not being happy and like resenting it all um and then he takes that out like way more on Astrid it makes her feel accountable for his anger which I agree like is not okay and I think yeah I do think I'm glad Rachel in the end though like just voiced her concerns and like explained how she was feeling I don't think she would have let it get as far as Astrid did but I also don't think Astrid's response was like to Michael was okay either like that whole situation made me so upset that was so not fair to Astrid I think any character named Michael in any fictional setting ends up being shit um no it's true do you know any good fictional michaels in books okay we don't have to dwell on this for too long but um nothing's coming to mind but um yeah and that and that like ties into i think okay what i find so despicable about astrid and michael is michael knew that astrid had to be concerned with her appearance that she couldn't let anything fall through the cracks that she like couldn't look she looked perfect her entire life. She couldn't have left anything look like less than perfect at this point. And he like still mm-hmm. did not try at all to compromise. Um, yeah. yeah. Which kind of brings into the discussion on like appearances and kind of like, I think, I think the standard for appearances when it comes to the members, the family who are more like old money is different. I think Astrid, even, like, Eddie and his family, like, they're way more concerned about how they look in a kind of controlling way than we see, like, Paiklin. Pa- I, I don't know if I'm saying her name, but Paiklin, like, her family. And I think, I don't know, it's just fascinating. What do you think about that? Like, how do you think characters can take that in a flawed way? Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, Astrid... It's such an interesting case because I feel like a big part of why she cares so much about her appearances, like, even though she doesn't particularly care that much about money um, and isn't, like, a superficial person in that way, I feel like it's because, like, 
she's always kind of been known as like it's like it's built into her like persona or her like basic branding I guess like not that she's in the media a lot but it's like in that rich circle that they're always interacting with everyone sees her as like this beautiful like perfect woman who's like I don't know like exotically gorgeous and glamorous and um like kind and like because of that it's like and she's like never a part of the drama never like a big like like gossip or something um and I think because of that it's like there's a lot more pressure for her or like she feels like there is to keep that up um and maintain that especially when I feel like so many other people in the family like are kind of like have problems or like morally messed up and whatnot um so it's like she feels the pressure to be this like shining light amidst the amidst the family or like the little angel um I really like don't know any other like explanation for I guess like another part is that she like really um values her family's opinions and approval which is why she and Charlie end up together um yeah I like other than that though I couldn't I can't think of like a reason why Astrid would care so much like astronomically more about appearance than her money I think yeah and I think you're right because I think she for her it's not a matter of like obtaining something it's maintaining what's expected Mm -hmm. of her yeah which I think is why it's different from like the other family members I always think of Eddie just because he annoyed me the most um but definitely like he was so rigid on like controlling and like yelling at his children about the stupidest things um because he wasn't Astrid he wasn't born like being the favorite he had to like focus on trying to like make his own way or not even make his own way but really just kind of like obtain do something on his own to get to the level that she had whereas for her it was more just kind of like continuing which is also hard and which is also like seeped into her decision making a lot I think yeah Eddie's like Eddie's like the annoying kid who's like always trying to get attention and then Astrid's like the it girl so it's like she already has it and always has had it um and I think like that kind of plays into like a concept that was pretty like evident in the book which is being the ideal woman um and specifically like what do you think are the differences between being the ideal woman in western culture versus I was actually I think there's so many things but the first thing I was thinking of that actually regards to Eddie what I think is interesting is being the woman in Asian culture fits in a different scheme when it comes to family I think the reason Eddie was more laid not Eddie but I think the reason his parents were more laid back is because Eddie's mom is the one who like inherits she was like the one who was attached to three families her um his dad was a surgeon like grown up middle class and then because like he didn't carry the last name I think their parents were so much more relaxed when it came to wealth whereas Astrid had grown up a Leong and then she had to change her last name I think that's just a really I think that's something that's very specific I mean probably non-specific to Asian culture but there isn't 
emphasis on in Asian culture when it comes to being the woman. Um, like we hear it a lot in the book when they're like, when they're talking to Mandy and the mom is saying like, you know, like you're the girl, you're not going to get any money. Um, and why Nick is so mm. like loved because he's the guy he's carrying on the last name. Like that's such a big emphasis for him. And that's something we don't see a lot in Western mm. culture. Like I even know, like in my side of the family, like I'm like, my cousins were all guys, but they were all like my older cousins are all guys on my dad's side, but they were all from like my dad's sister. So they didn't have the Chen last name. And so like when I was born, like I became like the favorite on the Chen side and like everyone flew in from China. It was like such a weird thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is like interesting. I mean, but then like, I'm not going to carry on that last name. So that's another like interesting layer to it. But I think, and I'm sure that's prevalent in Western culture, but I think certain things like name, like kind of like carrying on the line, like those things are so deeply seated in Asian culture, which is obviously not always the best either. It can be very sexist, which I think is another topic on kind of like the expectations of women in Rachel's world and family compared to like the expectations of women in the world in Singaporean society. But yeah, that's kind of like, that's like the first thing that I think of. I don't know what is like the first thing that comes to your mind. Cause I know this is a huge topic. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's interesting that you bring up the names and like I'm pretty sure this came from the book because um someone pointed out that in um in Chinese names your last name comes first and then it's your first like yeah it's like the certain like the family name comes first and then it's your your own name versus in America yeah. your first name is first and then your surname comes after and it shows that in America the individual comes first um versus in Asian cultures a lot of times the family is more important and takes priority um and kind of in some ways will dictate what the individual chooses to do with their life like the individual sure. is a part of that it really reminds me, actually, of... Um, have you seen the movie Farewell? Oh, I love The Farewell. The Farewell. It's a movie. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of that and how they talk about how your life isn't just your life. It's a part of... It's, like, your everyone in your family, your life, like, yeah. belongs to them. Um, and that concept, which is, I think, one of the biggest differences between... Eastern versus Western um, ideas. Yeah, I definitely think there's a certain level of responsibility that's seen that's like owed to your family um, in Eastern culture. Mm -hmm. And I definitely do think this can sometimes be negatively skewed for women and kind of like just in general, something they were talking about a little bit is how like Rachel's educated. She has her own career. She likes to do her own things. And mm -hmm. Nick's mom like is different like she went to school when it was because she met the guy I don't know if this was this book or you find this out later but she went to college and then she dropped out once they got married um right, right. like that's such a different perspective on what mm -hmm. opportunities and kind of what paths you should be taking but yeah I agree like in Asian culture it's definitely families and emphasis yeah, I think um, that's something that, like, we've kind of noticed in, 
like it's interesting how the topics that we find in these reads like they always kind of come up in new ways in other books so like for example we just talked about names and we talked about in the namesake and definitely in this book there's this idea of how your culture affects motherhood um, yeah and family dynamics and we've talked about motherhood in literally like every episode um I don't know it's just like interesting how these ideas manifest themselves in different ways or how they come up um yeah for sure because I um yeah like I would say like in the namesake like motherhood is very like Americanized but like you do see like the distinction between her like um family back home and I think we we're seeing that distinction between like was shown in the context of Rachel's family versus Nick's family Mm -hmm. yeah um so I guess like a question I would have in terms of that is like do you think that Eleanor is a good mother or like do you think like what are your thoughts about I think she is she tries to do what she thinks is best and that's where it's flawed but she tries really hard to just give Nick the best out of his opportunities like she you know had him go live with their with his grandma for like a good amount of time when he was growing up like she really just wants what's best for him with like a wife and I don't think she's a bad mother but I don't think they have that level of communication so that she would ever understand what he wants. But I also think, mm-hmm. I think for her, it's also hard to understand, like, she fell in love with Nick's dad, but at the same time, like, I do kind of get her fear about, like, Rachel not understanding everything and, like, Rachel not um, being a part of their world. Yeah, I think that she is a good mother in the sense, like, for the person that she is and the beliefs that she has, she's has, like, the right motivations. Um, like, protecting Nick or, like, wanting to protect him because I think she just doesn't necessarily believe in in Rachel's background and how that would be able to fit. Like, she just doesn't see it um being able to work and somewhat with good reason considering how the Michael Astrid situation went um like I I feel like she's an observant enough person to have noticed that like Michael doesn't necessarily show up very often for family things and like is in a very like strong presence um but I feel like she It's, like, she doesn't believe that from Rachel's background or anyone of that kind of upbringing would be able to handle being in a family where family always comes first. Um, And that seems like the main thing that pulls her back. And also, like, I guess Rachel's, like, history her like with her parents and such. Um... But no, I agree. I think it's like considering her considering her values and beliefs as a person, like she's she's she has the right 
mindset or like the right I agree and I think it's just that she doesn't communicate with Nick like they're not I think this is also thing I see specific I mean this could be applicable to everyone but I see this in like a lot of Asian cultures compared to like western cultures is like she and Nick are not mm-hmm. friends outside of their relationship of parents and so he doesn't she doesn't mm-hmm. get that he doesn't want what she thinks is like good and if they communicated more, I think if they had a relationship that wasn't just so rigid and so, like, only parent-child, which is, like, we see the opposite with Rachel, who, like, would say that her mom is, like, one of her best friends, then then um, I think Nick's mom would be able to understand Nick better and see, okay, this is my heart's in the right place, but this is not what's right for Nick. Um, because I agree, I think Rachel doesn't fit in in that society, but I also think Nick doesn't fit in that society. Like he doesn't like it. He's been rejecting it. He constantly goes away. Um, yeah, but it's definitely an interesting concept, I guess. Um, kind of like going on to the topic of like love and like relationships and their the role of relationships in this world. How do you think, like, how do you think marriage plays in the world, and like how to a certain extent it genuine is? Yeah, well, obviously, in a lot of ways, especially with the wealthy, it's, like, it's more, it's a lot more, it seems, transactional. Um, Like, it was, like, how Colin said, oh, I'm lucky that I actually want to marry Araminta, because, like, regardless, it's, it's more, yeah, it was more of an arrangement for her family money than it was because I loved her, like, to begin with. Um... I think, like, when people are, it's hard, though, because it's, like, if you marry someone who's just as rich as you or equally as rich or around the same level of wealth, then it's somewhat transactional. But then if you marry someone who you just, like, randomly meet who is, for example, a surgeon or a tech guy like Michael or a professor, then there's the trouble of they don't know what your world is like they don't know what your experiences have been like and they don't know what your upbringing is like and how are they going to be able to be a part of this kind of family when they don't understand it or like how are they going to be able to adjust to this new like to being married to your wealth as well um i think that the marriage is a lot of times can start out genuine but then it's like as time goes on things start to like get bad I don't know like I'm thinking of Eddie and Fiona's relationship Interesting. and how like I feel like at some point it was like he I feel like at some point he loved her I think okay I'd I like to think Colin and Araminta they actually love each other but I think it also brings to the point of like yeah they probably also love each other because they're in the same world. They interact with the same people. Like, to a certain extent, mm-hmm. that part, like, their relationship was basically, like, indirectly their entire life kind of set up, maybe not specifically, explicitly to each other, but definitely their entire life, their relationship was set up to marry someone of similar wealth. Um, it's like they find comfort yeah. in the sameness. Like, in the namesake when Moshe yeah. marries Gogol. It's like... They got married because they 
felt comfort in having that's interesting i think it's also i think it is that but i think also it's like the added pressure of like growing up in in singapore and having like all your family kind of presence being very important then i feel like that was also another layer of Mm -hmm. like their families wanted them to marry someone of similar status and i think fiona and eddie that was probably purely because of that um but i do agree like Obviously, Astrid and Michael, they could start off like they really, like, cared about each other, and then, like, it got bad in the end. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Did you have have any other opinions on Astrid and Michael in there? No, I just, like, really enjoyed how, in the book, we got to get to know Astrid and her story so much more. Because I remember in the movie, like, I was somewhat frustrated that we didn't see like more about their story and in the movie michael didn't even like him cheating on her was real or it was or if it wasn't then it was like it was never revealed that he was just to in order to get out of the fact okay also the fact that he had to literally like plan this entire ruse of cheating on her in order for him to get out of the marriage because he felt like there was no other way because he just like didn't and like the fact that he was doing it somewhat with consideration for Astrid because then at least he would be able to leave the family and not scar her image um in the sense that it's like oh they divorced because he's a pig not because she did anything wrong because I feel like in that family or in that culture sometimes it's like if some if they do get divorced it's like what did the woman do to push him away oh, like what did definitely. you how did you like screw that up yeah yeah it's definitely interesting it's definitely a different dynamic between charlie and astrid yeah um all right so are there any more topics or um, questions i think that the last topic about? is it's important to acknowledge kind of the role that this book but also especially this movie played in really read not just redefining but adding another perspective on how asian culture is portrayed in the media i think growing up mm-hmm. I, I was thinking a lot about what you said last episode about like growing up in california where like chinese people are the more like predominant and stuff i do think even growing up in california and growing up in like you know all over the place it's hard to see people depict people always depict china as just like a piece of shit like poor person like country like it was it was really thought of as like a third world country for a long time like even in our lifetime especially i would say like like i remember being in elementary school and people yeah. thinking that which is frustrating because like chinese histories chinese culture it's so profound and it's so incredible like i loved all the quotes like from um like marco polo that was like or napoleon that was like let china sleep and when she wakes up like she'll impress like surprise the world because there's so history and culture Chinese Mm -hmm. um like yeah just like so much history there and so I think showing it in a positive light was very important and I like definitely do see the difference in how people have treat like people didn't realize that Asian people can be wealthy and you can see that throughout the entire book of like the the hotel in London just like so many like after shopping in Paris like but Definitely, I think that was a really important thing to me as a reader. 
Yeah. I think it's really funny how in the movie, um, one of the lines was like, oh, finish your rice, honey. Yeah. Starving children in America. <laughs> like, that's so, I feel like that's a very, like, when people watch that in the movie, it was like a very, it was funny, but it's also like kind of jarring. Because they're like, oh, we yeah, kind of thought. You exactly. And I mean, obviously, there is like a lot of income, like inequality in China and issues. But I like that this mm-hmm. brought like light to the fact that China has so much culture and a lot of wealth. Um, and it's not like just a poor rice farming country. Mm-hmm. What I really liked about the movie's release was obviously how it opened up Hollywood so much more to like in terms of casting minorities um as leads versus as you know extra girl number four or something you know um like we see so many things um that have been released since where there have been asian leads so like most recently never have um focusing around yeah like an indian teenager yeah always be my maybe um yeah, obviously, like the to all the boys. Yeah, I love before. The well, also, I think the farewell was like the- trilogy. The farewell, yeah. So there's so many movies I feel like, or TV shows and media, where I, I'm sure they would have not the same come up eventually. But yeah, it's just like it's so um, yeah, fulfilling to like finally. Okay see like this could have always been exactly the case, like it's finally and happening. people like resonate with that like, like never have i ever cool. like the relationship mm-hmm. for me like i was seeing the relationship between Davy and her mom like so just like captured so many things about like immigrant child relationships that, like i was like wow but like people i know who like don't understand that also found it like applicable um so yeah i think when there's more representation mm-hmm. in the media more perspectives everyone wins and it's so important yeah okay i think it's a really good note to end it on actually um okay so that wraps up this episode of off the page so be sure to tune in next week when we talk about the henna artist thank you so much for listening um, and tune in next week